Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. The scripture says in Acts chapter 4 verse 31, speaking of the apostles, the disciples, after they prayed, the place where they were gathered was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. On the count of three, I'm going to invite you to read it out loud with me. One, two, three. After they prayed, the place where they were gathered was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God boldly. Would you ask God in about a 15-second prayer that I would do that? Be able to speak the Word of God boldly and not arrogantly? Would you, would you do that? Just point your hand this way. Father, in the name of Jesus, I preach the first service, but I don't always go the same direction as far as the second service. I stay with the outline perhaps, but other things come to me. Excuse anything that doesn't need to come to me, Lord. Say amen, church. And anything that this congregation doesn't need to hear from man. God, I pray open our ears that we may hear, but we need to be more than hearers of the word. We need to be doers of the word. So we can speak the word of God boldly after we are filled with the Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. Here's something that may be presumptuous to say, but it helps make my point about this sermon today entitled, After They Prayed. One cannot make a withdrawal from the bank or write a check from their bank until after they have made a deposit from which they can draw. Okay. It's still true, and if you try it out, you'll find out that we'll be visiting you in the jail ministry. Uh, After. One cannot get their paycheck for next week. If you get paid on Friday, go into the boss tomorrow and say, I'd like to get my paycheck in advance. Uh, but I'll come on into work, you know, during the week. Unless your boss is smoking something, or oh, very rich, you probably will be looked at with a sense of, uh, what did you say? Because you only can expect to get paid until after you've worked. Some filling stations, gas stations, are now requiring prepayment inside before the, the pump. Or they require a card. But it used to be you'd fill up and go in and pay after you fill up. Because they've had so many drive-offs until you cannot get fuel until after you pay. Uh, some restaurants are coming to the idea of, and knowing they've had the idea because they've been victims, that there are people who order food and a lot and eat and slip out. So since we in the South like to buffet ourselves... You notice places say you pay here and then you go get your tray and your food. And I said all that to tell you that you can't expect heaven to show up on your behalf to heal your body, save your marriage, help you financially, deliver you from bondage if you don't pray. And Pastor Jeff did an excellent job of this two Wednesday nights ago, so I won't elaborate. 
He spoke on a place of prayer, and you should get that CD or DVD. The Bible says, James, in the book by his name, you have not because you ask not. Or if you ask, you don't have it because you're asking for the wrong purpose. You don't receive it because you're wanting to consume the gift on your own self instead of God getting the glory. And that's the reason why sometimes I don't get blessed and you don't get blessed because if we get that pay raise, will we tithe? If we get that nice house, will we stay home? If we get that boat, will we stay home? If we, I'm preaching before, I'm preaching, and I'm preaching rather well, louder than you are shouting. But anyhow, uh, uh, yes, thank you. That's all I needed. Somebody say, go ahead. You didn't say go ahead, did you? Oh, okay. Uh, I, yeah, I know, I know. You'll get it later. By the way, let me stand over here to announce to you, away from the pulpit, that the Broncos are going to the World Series. <laughs> Didn't I tell you also? Okay, and I will be, my wife will be out of town, but I, I haven't invited to somebody's house for free food and a game. And there's something about food and free that goes together very well for me. Where was I before I started getting in the flesh? After. You don't expect God. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. The word in the Greek, the words in the Greek, ask, seek, and knock, are not just present tense, but they're present tense progressively. I I don't have the right, I took New Testament Greek for two years, and uh, it's still Greek to me. Uh, the word ask means ask and keep on asking, knock and keep on knocking, seek and keep on seeking. Have you ever just, you know, last week I told you about the widow who came to the unjust judge in Luke's gospel, and this judge didn't fear God, he didn't fear man, he was the man, the judge, and every final decision was his. But this widow, who was a nobody in the community, but had been, adversely treated by somebody was seeking justice. And she kept coming to the judge, and the judge said to himself, I don't fear God, I don't fear man, but this woman just keeps coming, 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 coming. And just to get her out of my way, I'm going I'm to give her a judgment. Have you ever had to do that with your children? They kept asking you, asking you, asking you, and it's not all that bad, but you had a reason for delaying it. You wanted to do differently, but please, mom, please, dad, please. And to get them out of your hair, which I have two daughters, and they've gotten my hair. Uh, To get them out of your hair, so you said, just go, just go. Go play in the road. Let's go. And Jesus said, this unjust judge vindicated this woman. And he asked the question, how much more will your heavenly father hear your prayers? who loves you and gave his only begotten son for us, if he's already given us the best gift, salvation and eternal life, and we're not going to hell, and I don't care what the devil tells you, if you're saved, Jesus Christ has forgiven you. Quit living under guilt and condemnation. If you mess up, confess, forsake it, and get right back in the boat. The point of it is, 
It's that we must understand, however, that we have not because we ask not. It's after they had prayed. The disciples were encountering, well, let me have you write this down. This is important. God, John Wesley said, God will do nothing apart from the prayers of his people. It's not on the screen, but write it down. John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist Church. He and his brother Charles wrote many hymns. A great man of God of yesteryear. He said this, God will do nothing apart from the prayers of his people. Now we know that God can do anything. He don't need to have our help. But he committed to us the ministry of prayer. And he said, if you pray, I'll take care of the rest. Can I get an amen? And so what I want you to see here is, we're looking at a scripture in 431 Acts about the disciples praying. Because they were being intimidated for preaching the gospel after that the Holy Ghost was poured out on the church in Acts 2. In Acts 2, what Jesus said would happen after his ascension happened. Ten days after his ascension, the writer of Luke is also the writer of the book of Acts. And of course it's the physician, Luke. And in Luke 24... The Bible said Jesus told the disciples, do not leave Jerusalem without the power of God. But we already have the power. We're saved. He said, I want to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. You have the infilling, but now I want to baptize you. And he said, he said, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endured. The word endured means to be clothed. Until you be endured with power from on high. And the Bible says that They waited for 10 days, 120 of them, praying and fasting and praying and singing. 10 days, I imagine maybe 300 started out, but but as the days lingered on, sometimes they get tired and they wonder, well, this is not God, and maybe this is just the expectation won't be realized. But after 10 days, the Bible says, and and you need your Bible because I don't don't have all of this on the screen. Look what happened after they tarried and prayed in Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all but one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided cloven tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them. Can you imagine that? 120 had a little fiery torch-like flame above their head, literally fire that represents the Father, Holy Spirit. And not only was there fire, there was a wind that accompanied the coming of the Holy Ghost. And then the Bible says in verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Well, after that, boy, the folks, in, 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 they were in town for a large Jewish celebration. So there were people from all over Asia Minor. And they heard this praising and rejoicing and thanking God. And they heard the people speaking in tongues in a language of, of, that they didn't know about. That these, these Jewish people only knew Hebrew. And, and they found Jewish people speaking maybe half Latin, perhaps Greek, perhaps other languages. And they thought, how can this, how can this be? It's 9 o'clock in the morning. Maybe they have been drinking all night. And, and Peter stood up and said, these men are not drunk with wine that you think it is, but this is that which was promised by the prophet Joel. In the last days I will pour, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall dream dreams, your old men shall have visions, and whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is what's going on. Didn't Jesus say, I will fill you with the Spirit and you will speak with new tongues? 
Okay, don't get hung up on the tongues thing, okay? There are other gifts. But a lot of people judge us on tongues because somebody told them it's demonic or devilish. And that is not the case. Well, and again, I'm not trying to ride this horse until it dies, but I'm trying to make a point. Jesus didn't speak in tongues. He didn't have to. He already knew how to pray. It's for us who don't know how to pray and don't know how to fight the devil. He gives us the language of tongues for our private devotion and sometimes public proclamation so that the devil can't understand, but we are edified and the work of God is done. Well, on that day that the tongues came and the Holy Ghost came and the fire and the wind, 3,000 people got up and preached and 3,000 people got saved. Do you know that preachers who preach in America today, not even three people will get saved? A church this large and larger. But we, we yearn for that day as preachers where we can get some more results because we know people need the Lord. 3,000 got saved. Well, you know what happened right after that? In chapter 3, go very quickly there. And verse 1, chapter 3. And verse 1, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. The name of that particular gate of the temple, there were more than one gates, gate, but that gate was called Beautiful. And there he was placed, because he was lame from his mother's womb, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Pause with me here. This man was born crippled. He's coming to beg for a living. Somebody has to bring him there in the morning and come get him back in the evening. Did you hear what I said? It may rain during the day and he can't move. It, it, some, it, it may be windy during the day and he can't move. He, he may have to go to the bathroom and he may have to ask somebody to help him and, and, because he's lame. And, and he thinks that, that he, people are worshiping and maybe I can just buy some food today. And so he sees, verse 3, seeing Peter and John, who the ones were in the upper room with the other 118, and filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter preached that day, and 3,000 were baptized in the Holy Ghost, baptized in water, pardon me, and saved. He's seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask for alms, meaning ask for some money. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look on us. So he gave them his attention, this beggar, expecting to receive something from them. Verse 6, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have in I give to you, and this is what I have, in the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And look at verse 7, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he was leaping up, stood and walked, and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was the man who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Somebody give the Lord some praise. You know why that miracle happened? Because Peter and John had spent time praying. After they had prayed. And you know why it happened? Because they prayed in the name of Jesus. I just got through telling you that last Sunday. Pray in the name of Jesus. You can try the name of Buddha, but he ain't coming to help you. You can call Hare Krishna, but he ain't coming to help you. You, you, can, you can call, oh my Lord, help me, I, I don't want to get uh, in a bad, you can call your favorite TV host, they ain't coming to help you. You can call Muhammad and they ain't coming to help you. Can I, can I help you here just a little bit, okay? I respect other religions and I know that the Pope of Rome is an honorable man, but he is not God. Okay, he's just a man, but he's very honorable and worthy of respect. 
And you can even, you can call Alan Matura's name, okay? You can call T.D. Jake's name. You can call uh, Joyce Myers and they'll all tell you they're not God. Oh, but the Bible says, in the name of Jesus, we will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We will cast out devils in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody. If there's any sick among you, let them anoint them with oil and pray the prayer of faith. And if they've committed sin, God will forgive them and will heal their body. Can I get an amen? At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. There is power in his name. There is healing in his name. There is life in his name. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved than the name of Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Say it two more times. Jesus. Jesus. Give him a hand clap. Yes. If you can't get 911, call Jesus. If you can't get mama, call Jesus. If you can't get the pastor, call Jesus. If you can't get your husband on your wife, call Jesus. After they had prayed, this man was healed. And the people who killed Jesus, the Sadducees and scribes and Jews, who are Jews, and the Romans got mad at Peter and John because people were now rallying for Jesus, even though he was crucified and buried and resurrected. And the people wanted to hush this Jesus stuff. And now it's 50 days after he was crucified, 10 days since he's been ascended. And although... The Roman authorities paid off, and the Jewish authorities paid off the Roman guards who were guarding the, t- the tomb of Jesus because he arose and he didn't need anybody to help him roll back any stone. But they said to the guards, Tell them you all fell asleep. Now, the, the crime of a guard, let me put it this way the penalty for a guard who falls asleep on the job and causes a, a prisoner to escape is that of his own life in exchange for the prisoner. So you know those guys ain't going to fall asleep. And they said the disciples came and stole the body. Didn't those guys scatter when Jesus needed them the most? I'm going to come down. Yes, I don't think somebody's hearing me. Peter said to Jesus, the same Peter who preached on Pentecost. When, when Peter, when Jesus prior to his arrest and crucifixion uh, said, all of you are going to betray me. And Peter says, oh, no, 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 no. I'm Pete. This is Anthony, but I'm Pete. And if all these people scatter, then I, I'll be right there. And Jesus said, before the cock crows one time in the morning, before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. Did he do it? Amen. When they arrested Jesus, did every man run for his own skin? <laughs> and this, this Peter, after being filled with the Holy Ghost, you know what Jesus, when he arose, you know how he forgives? He said, go tell my disciples and Peter, who is crying someplace, wanting to kill himself because he denied the Lord. Go tell Alan and Anthony, and David, and Will, and Valerie, and Jeff, 
I kind of like being down here with youngs. Go tell them. But especially Peter. Go tell Peter. I'm going to show up and all is well. I said all. I will tell you. I don't know what you did last night. But if you're willing to confess it this morning. And you're sincere about it. And you ain't going back that way. All is well. Well. I'm going to come back down there in a minute. You know I'm a little height challenged. Uh, the word got out and it's Jesus. And, and, and look at verse 4. Chapter 4 verse 1. Made the officials who killed Jesus mad. Now as they spoke to the people. Chapter 4 verse 1. The priest, the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came unto them. Meaning Peter and John. Being greatly disturbed that they thought the people and preached in Jesus' name. Or preached the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Because they already lied about all that. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day. For it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed. And the number of the men came to be about 5,000. You talk about church growth in two days. 3,000 that day before they went to the temple. And now 2,000. I told you all we're going to go to a Saturday night service eventually. Because... Because eyes have not seen, neither ears have heard the things God wants to do at South Metro Ministries. And I didn't build this to be a country club. And I didn't build it so I could have a payment and go crazy. Okay? This is God's house. This is not Alan's house. I'd like to see some conversion like that that sticks. You, you know, I've taken in members in the church. And I thought they got raptured and I was still here. Because the only time I saw them was when they joined the church. That's why I don't take in members every Sunday. I've seen people get saved and I thought they'll be sitting on the front row Sunday because they've been to hell. Their marriage has been shot to pot. I don't mean the kind you, you, okay, okay. I don't mean the kind they legalize in Colorado. I want you to know I'm 100% against legalization of marijuana. You take that up with me later. You go ahead and send me an email, I'll push delete. Just pray for me, guys. I'm just trying to speak the word of God boldly. You can't be living like the devil and expect God to answer your prayers. I'm not against the use of, uh, of if legally and, pr- and properly done, the use of legal marijuana, if it is proper. But everybody growing some in their backyard. Okay, Alan, stick with the text, boy. You know what? Preachers need to address some stuff from the pulpit. Okay? We need some preachers with a saw log for our backbone. Instead of jellyfish. Peter and John got arrested and said, we're going we gonna to fix you tomorrow. Well, tomorrow came and here's what happened. Verse 18 of chapter 4. When they were brought before the Jews and the Romans and the others who told them to shut up about this Jesus. Verse 18, chapter 4, so they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. Oh, I like, I wish we could get some of this boldness. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. We've seen Jesus. We've heard Jesus. We've seen this man healed. 
Look at verse 21. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. Verse 22. For the man that was healed, the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. So Peter and John says, throw us in jail, do whatever you want to, but we're going to preach Jesus. Because this 41-year-old man, and everybody knew that he was a beggar at the temple who went to the temple. So Peter and them said, we're just going to have a prayer meeting about this. Look at verse 30, 29, chapter 4. And they said this to the Lord. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Verse 31. Still with me? And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Put this on the screen for me. Prayer is our first response, not our last response or last resort. Well, after I go to the doctor, then I'll pray. You're going to save yourself a lot of money if God elects to heal you before you go to the doctor. And if you go to the doctor and he elects to heal you that way, go to the doctor. But pray first. Sometimes you need to pray about who, which doctor to go to. Because I want someone caring for me that is of faith. They don't have to preach to me. They don't have to. But I'd like to know. If I can. Now, I'm not saying that you go to anybody else that's wrong and unsaved doctors can't help. Please do not misinterpret me, okay? God may send you to an unsaved physician so you can be a witness. Can I, can I get an amen? I've, I've known some of you tell me. They didn't know whether your doctor was, 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 was uh, a Christian or not, but you, you asked them to tie. Uh, you pinned a, uh, a prayer cloth on that gown when you went into surgery. And it ain't much of a gown. I don't know why they call it a gown because, you know, it's got a great big gap. Uh, I like to say designed by Dr. Seymour Heine, but that would be a different story. The jokes are not anointed. Honestly, it just kind of comes. And Somebody asked my wife the other day, said to her, you must think, you must laugh all day. No, she don't. She doesn't. She's a principal and a school teacher, for, and she's retired now. She tells me, go take a cold shower or sit in the corner. You are in time out. My challenge is to get Valerie to laugh at my corny jokes. And since she doesn't, I'm throwing them on you. The Bible didn't say after they complained, they prayed. After they worried, they prayed. After they worked, they prayed. After they went to the attorney, and we need attorneys, and thank God for them. After they went to the banker, they prayed. No, it says, it says after they had prayed. My, my point is, Prayer is our first response. After you pray, then start your new business. After you pray, then select a college of your choice or his choice. After you pray, then start out doing the ministry. After you pray, then run for public office if that's where God's leading you. After you pray, then make that mission trip. If God is leading you, he'll provide it. After you pray, then share the gospel. After you pray, then take that new job. After you pray, then get married. Please, please, please. 
you'll save me and Pastor Jeff and you'll save our counseling team and the other pastors a lot of hours if you'll pray before you marry that thing. I mean, that, that, that. everybody look right here, look right here, look straight right here, okay? Because you're thinking, sitting right now, oh, I wish I had prayed. I do too, because... Let me show you about the priority of prayer. Put that up real quick. The priority of prayer. When you pray, God releases His Spirit. Point number one, the coming of the Spirit of God. You know why the Holy Ghost showed up on Acts 2? It's because they've been praying in Acts 1. Can I get an amen? In Acts 1.14, they all join together constantly in prayer. When you pray... You have the Holy Spirit, not just to speak in tongues, but the Bible says the Spirit will guide you into all truth. The Spirit is your counselor, your teacher, your guide. Your, your, he can be your defense attorney. The Spirit is life in you. So you need the Spirit. That's the priority of prayer. Number two, uh, the Spirit is so important. It, it, there was a revival in, Philip, in, in Samaria because Philip showed up there. Philip was in a different town, the evangelist Philip was in a different town when there was a man traveling back to Ethiopia, a eunuch of the queen of Ethiopia, traveling in his, his stage, his, not his stagecoach, but his chariot, and perhaps he had a driver and he was reading from the book of Isaiah and didn't understand it, and God transmitted travel. Like you see, you, you remember uh, Star, uh, Star Trek and how they beamed up people? Scotty, beam them up. Star Trek, got any Star Trek fans here? And then they'd kind of disappear in molecules and show up in, in, in the ship or some kind of island or, or, or some planet. God didn't need Scotty to beam up Philip. You know, some, somebody said Elvis wrote Jailhouse Rock or he sang it, made it popular. No, he, he don't know nothing about Jailhouse Rock. It's Jesus and the Holy Ghost who rocked the jailhouse in Acts chapter 16 after Paul and Silas had prayed and sang hymns to God and the chains. Oh, I wish somebody praised God. Your chains can fall out. Your, your, your fears can fall out. Your doubt can fall out if you'll just pray and praise. Revival came. Philip showed up to the eunuch, he got saved and was baptized and he stayed in Samaria and they had revival. Look at Acts 18. They prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost and they did. Let me, let me show you something else about the priority of prayer. The priority of prayer is the healing of a woman in the city of Joppa whose name was Tabitha. Tabitha was a benevolent woman. She was very hospitable. She sold garments for widows and for children she gave alms and blessed people and she served God. But a sickness came upon her and it took her life, Tabitha. She was a godly woman and the, uh, the people around her when she died knew that Peter, that I'm preaching about here, was not far away and they thought maybe she's in a coma or not really dead. Let's send word to Peter and he'll come and he'll pray for her. And Peter came, the Bible says, and look at what he did, Acts 9 and 40, when he came with all these people saying she's dead, she's been laying. The Bible said they actually dressed her body for viewing. You read it. And they laid her there so that friends and family can come. And then Peter shows up and he sends them all out of the room. You, you, you know, you don't need to be sharing your prayer requests with doubters. You, you don't need to be sharing your prayer requests with people who tell you my mother died from the same thing. 
That's when the SOS comes on me, the spirit of slap. It's not a gift, it's just a flesh. You know, I don't want anybody telling me, uh, well, uh, I knew what you're going through, Pastor, and I want to tell you I'm on 51 different kind of drugs. I'm not against medication. And I'm not against you being helped. And I, I, I take some medication. I've always had high cholesterol. And it's part of what our family's DNA on my mother's side. And then when I got sick last year, I took some medication. And I asked the doctor to let me come off of it. And she said, you're still crazy? Take it. <laughs> well, she didn't say that. She might even be here this morning. He got all the doubters out of the room. Didn't Jesus do that when he raised up Jairus, his daughter? And they were all crying and mourning and having a... You know, sometimes the Jews would pay people to mourn and groan and cry. <laughs> I've met some hypochondriacs that didn't need to pay nobody. Man, it's like the guy who caught this fish and ended up being this way. When he told it, it really was this big. Some hypochondriacs, they had only three stitches. And next thing you see them, I had 13 stitches. Well, anyhow, I got to get back to my sermon. You got Jesus moved the doubters out of the room, and he and he and the parents went in the room. And Jairus is twelve year old, and 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 he just brought her back up. And Peter think, said, "I just think I'll do what Jesus did." He got everybody in the room, then he got down on his knees, and he did what? And he said, "Tabitha, arise!" And immediately the woman came back to life. After they prayed. Now, now, now let, let, let me hurry here. Let me go talk to you about the power of prayer. Let's go, to, go, go to the next. I'm skipping about five slides, guys, because I'm running out of time. When they prayed, in, in verse number... ...29a of Acts 4. I just had a moment. I want to be sure I'm on track. It says, look, it's not on the screen, but it's in your Bible. Now, now they said, look, Lord, to their threats. Peter and John and the others were threatened with their life if they dared to preach in the name of Jesus again. Consider their threats. Who or what is threatening you this morning? An enemy? A family member? An employer or employee? An ex-spouse? Fear? Anxiety, panic, depression, sickness, worry, doubt, low self-esteem, loneliness, or former or present addiction, a relationship? Consider their threats. I'm coming back. The devil is a liar. He's all mouth. But if he can get you to believe you're going to die from that and threaten you, if he can get you to believe your marriage is down the drain, if he can get you to believe your kid is always going to be on drugs or alcohol or hang with the wrong crowd, if he gets you to believe that you're going to be bankrupt, therefore you can't tithe, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching now, if he gets you to believe that you're going to be on pills the rest of your life, and I'm not against medication, my brother-in-law is a medical doctor, okay? So I, I'm simply saying is, what, what is threatening you today? Why can't you start that business? Why can't you, why can't you be like, why can't you go ahead and get that, G, uh, that, that uh, high school graduation? Why can't, you, why can't you go ahead and go to college if you got to go to night class? Can, can I get an amen? Why can't God forgive you if he forgave everybody else? Oh, la ba, sata, ba, ba, ya. 
consider, yes, the boss says he's going to fire me. The company, I'm going to lose the job. I'm going to lose my 401k. Listen, that's the devil. If, if God gave you something and you're tithing and giving, he's just going to move you to something higher and better and bigger for the glory of God. The devil comes in John 10 and 10 to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Consider the threat. Next, next point, please. Next point. The power of prayer. Enable us, verse 29, part B. Enable us to speak your word with boldness. Can I get an amen? If you're in Walmart and you see me and you ask me to pray, I'm going to pray for you right there. And if that's going to make you embarrassed, that's your loss. If I see you, uh, in other words, I'm not going to yell and shout and speak in tongues and have a whoop glory unless that's really real. But if I thought it would embarrass you, I'd pray louder and speak in tongues. <laughs> Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. I'm going to be, oh Lord, I'm going to be rooting for the Broncos, okay? There's a man of God, can I? So I'm, I'm going to be yelling and cheering and boldly say to everybody else, now I got some Seattle fans here because they asked me to pray for them last week and it didn't matter to me whether Seattle was in there or not, I wanted them to be, I just wanted the Broncos to be in there, okay? So New England got a whipping. But anyhow, that's different. You know, I, I was on the road last Sunday. Couldn't see the game, and we taped it. Not we. She cares less about the game. I saw it on Thursday night, and it came out the same way, Anthony. It came out on Sunday. They won again. And I bet you if I play it again, they'll win three times. You know why I'm so silly? I went to bed last night looking at the Pink Panther 2 with Steve Martin. You ever seen it? Jacques Cousteau. <laughs> He got this little smart car. He's quite an idiot. <laughs> and I'm not calling you an idiot if you have a smart car. Oh, let me go back up here. Okay. <laughs> he, oh, Jesus. <laughs> you have permission to pray for me. I meant as an inspector. He happens on stuff that makes him look real smart. Like I'm trying to preach and now I'm looking for a place to look real smart. I think you should come to the music, please. Come, real quickly. No, I'm serious, guys. Come on, I'm not Cousteau. And don't think I'm quitting there because the music is just ambiance. Ambiance. You know, T.D. Jakes, he got his organist. I got me my ambiance. You know, whatever you're full of is going <laughs> to... I did. I fell asleep and my wife had to get me up and get me to bed. The other night, I fell asleep. You know, if it's funny, I'm a, I want to see it. And if it's cowboy, I want to see it. And if it's Iron Man, <laughs> of course, of course. Okay, not asking for anything. I don't need a thing. So if I'm pulling for the Broncos, I'm not going to be ashamed of it. If I'm, pull, if I'm pulling for a team, I, I go all the way. I'm all in. Except I, I got disappointed with the Falcons this year because... Like one of our guys text, I think it was Clark, text and says, you know, the, the Falcons did so good last year. And the theme was the Falcons rise up. <laughs> and Clark texts, hey, Falcons, we said, rise up, not give up. 
Give me, give, give me the other point there. The other point here. The power of prayer. Perform miraculous signs and wonders. Are you ready for yours? Look at Acts 4 and 30. They prayed. What is the power of prayer? That God also bearing witness, Hebrews 2 and 4, with both signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. They prayed, oh God, do Acts, oh my, 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 my. Look at verse 30 of Acts 4. Come, praise team. I want you to come and be in place. Come, Pastor Chad. Look at verse 30 of, of, of chapter 4. They prayed, by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. I don't know what's threatening you, and I don't know what you came for, but I'm here to tell you, he still does miracles. On Monday, Martin Luther King's day, the honor of his day and his legacy, my wife and I were up in North Georgia. My mother and father has retired there in the Hawassi area. And a few years ago, on the 25th anniversary as pastor, you presented us with a gift and we made an investment on a kind of a fixer-upper. And so while she was still in school, we could not visit there very much. But now that she's retired, and there are times now since I've been sick last year when I feel certain symptoms that brought on stress and other things, I've got to back down a little bit. Everybody needs a, a Sabbath. We have a gentleman whose name is John Davis who helps us with chores and keeps the yard. and We, of course, pay him to do that. He fixes, he can replace ceiling fans, he can fix, he can paint and do it. I can't do that. You know who does that at our house? She does. I kid you not, she, she buys power tools at a whole nine yards. She refinished my desk at the house, sanded it, refinished it, and put new bookshelves with the help of, of Ray King. She and Ray and Janice, don't leave Janice out because that's help Ray's getting for free, just like me. Uh, and now my office at home is beautiful. But since we cannot, our place is three hours away, John takes care of things for us. John gave us this testimony about the power of prayer. True, Valerie was at the table. Am I right, honey? His wife, Deborah, was there. This will take me just a moment, and I'm going to start to wrap it up. On Monday, January the 13th, at 1 a.m. in the morning, God told John Davis to go outside and pray for his son, Blake. His son is an adult has a wife and two children. His son Blake lives in Plant City, Florida. John and his wife Deborah lives in Hawassi. John is a minister, ordained. He's a missionary, especially to the Cherokee Indians in North Carolina. But he's been to Africa, he's been to Haiti, and he works jobs like what he does for us to make money to pay to go on these trips and to take. He goes to the indigenous people. He doesn't go to the major hubs. He goes out there in the jungles and the woods and among, and, and he takes food and medicines. The Lord told him to go outside and pray. And you know how the temperature has been in these last few weeks at night and especially last week. So, so if it's like 25 degrees in Atlanta at night, it's going to be about 6 or 8 degrees lower in Hawassi. 
And, and he said to the Lord, well, if I got to go outside and pray for my son, Blake, it's one o'clock in the morning. Uh, do I have, can I build a fire? And the Lord says, no. You know what about a fire? You can get cozy, get a fire and comfortable with a fire and you can forget what the Lord told you to do. You can get in a comfortable place in your spiritual walk with God and you don't read the Bible anymore. You don't pray anymore because you got something, you know. And so sometimes God says, I want you to go where you can't be distracted. I want it to be cold and, and consciously you'll pray aggressively. And he walked around and he bundled up and he, and he prayed and he prayed until he felt the release and he went on and went to bed. The next day he called his son about 3 o'clock. He felt led of the Holy Spirit to pray. So after he prayed, he felt to check on his son about 3 o'clock and he said, Blake, how was your day, son? And he said, Dad, I had a bad day. What do you mean, Blake? He said, I had an accident. And he, he told, went to tell about the accident. He drives a water truck for a construction company. Uh, or some kind of company you know, where they have these water trucks and they you know, use them for purposes of paving highways and all to keep the, the dust down. And he said there was a car that, that was coming right at him and he swerved. Evidently, they didn't see him. A car with an elderly couple in it who came right at him and he swerved to get out of their way and the truck flipped over on its side. And fortunately, he was able to get out with any, without any injury. But the two people who slammed into his truck, an elderly couple died instantly. This is, this is a true story. Just heard it on Tuesday night. I asked John's permission to share it with you. Even though he came out with his life spared, he came out with his life spared, but he, he was troubled and disturbed and anxious about these two precious couple, this couple that were married for 68 years they were married. And he couldn't, he couldn't rest because he felt, look what happened, look what could I have caused that? And it wasn't his fault at all. So John spoke to him about 3 or 4 o'clock and said, let's pray about it, son. And I'm going to tell you why I called because God raised me up about 1, 30, 1 o'clock this morning. You didn't know this until I tell you now. I went outside. It was freezing cold. I couldn't buy a bill of fire. And he told me to pray for break, pray for break, pray for break. And I went out back to sleep. And now I'm calling out to check on you. And this is why I was praying, I guess. And John said, let's keep praying for the family because this, this couple who died has a son and a daughter. And later that evening, Blake got a call from the daughter of the parents who were married for 68 years, who had died in the wreck. She is a captain in the Plant City Police Department. She and her brother wanted to meet with Blake at Blake's house. And obviously Blake was very troubled about the possibilities of accusations of neglect or possible lawsuit. And he thought, well, how am I going to face these people? And later on that evening, he told his father what happened when they came. This is the daughter and the son, adult daughter and son of these parents who had died in that wreck. When their daughter and, son, uh, and, and her, her brother came in to the house, they informed Blake that their parents passed in the fashion and the manner they wanted to die. And he thought, what do you mean? They shared with Blake that their family meaning their mother and father, they had always wanted to die in this way. They wanted to drive away from home and never come back. And they wanted to die together. Blake's was amazed when the daughter and son said they were on their way home from having given out gospel tracts to people because they were devout Christians. But they said to Blake, please, do not worry. Do not stress. Do not fear. We're not... It implied we're not going to go to a lawyer. We're not going about lawsuits and those kind of things. We are happy. We are not sad. 
They were saying to him that God answered our parents' prayer just like they wanted to die. They wanted to drive away, never come back, go to heaven together. And they said, when people say that we're praying for your loss, we tell people we're not sad, we're happy, they're with God, they die like they want to do. Pray for Blake, the man who was involved in driving the truck. God specifically chose Blake Davis to carry out his plans to answer prayers of his, these elderly couple and the prayers of his father even though they were a precious couple and they died in a way that was tragic, it wasn't tragic. It was an answer to their own prayer and it only happened after his father prayed and God intervened. Give the Lord a hand clap. Come Charles and Linda. Come, 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 come. I, I want Charles and Linda to come. I want you to bring the light up right here. Anthony, I want you to hold this for me, sir. I, I'm going to close the service this way. This has to be higher because he's taller. Now, now, turn, put this on. Come, come stand right here. Come stand right here. Come stand right here. Right here. When I saw him on the... Oh, help me to phrase this. When I saw him in the hospital, Southern Regional Hospital, after that morning where he had a massive stroke, he, the car, the truck was already running. He, he turned it on to get the heat going. He came back in to finish getting dressed, and bam, it happened. Okay? He was, when I saw him, he was on life support. He was hooked up to everything. He was not able to communicate or understand. And they feared possible permanent damage and paralysis. And there she was by his bedside. Go, go sit here for just a minute. Move, move your stuff just a moment. Let, let, two and a half minutes. I want you to see his story, and then I, want, and then I want to close with his own words. Bring the lights down. Watch this. Think about it. Savior of the whole world. Giver of salvation. By his stripes, I'm healed. My God is awesome. Today I am forgiven. His grace is why I'm living. Somebody ought to praise his holy name. Oh, yes. Come on and testify. You know he's awesome. Say it. Come on and lift your voice and say
Hallelujah. Just a minute. I'll have you stand in a minute. Just, I'm not finished yet. You'll, you'll have a reason to stand. Just a minute. We have a DVD, 15 minutes long, of his whole story. He gives it away. Both Linda and Charles Stanley have their badges and ID for Southern Regional Hospital and other places. The I can button. Oh, I love it. They give a whole packet to families, patient, who have, uh, patients who need to know about stroke and all of its ramifications. We have made a DVD and it's available to you for one dollar because that's what it cost us to buy the DVD and do the labeling and all that stuff and they give it away free. We made 300 today and if we don't have enough for one dollar and if you ain't got a dollar just get it if you want to share it. Don't get it though and hide it someplace where somebody can't get this testimony. Okay? But, it, but everybody ought to know how awesome he is. Come Charles and Linda. He's, he's going to greet you personally and testify. I'll hold the mic for you, brother. That way you can read there. The glory that I had when I was hospital was what glory. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I won't forget a purpose in life. A love letter from my Lord, my God, Jesus, power of the Holy Ghost. Be not afraid, nor is made, reason for this great multitude, but a battle not yours is yes. God. Yes. Oh God, all my heart, soul, strength, my mind, I love you. I love only you. you, God. Only you, God, make miracles happen. I love you. Lord, you restored my soul, yes. leading me in path of righteousness. Only you, only you. The great I am, God. February 20th, 2012. My life throws you a curveball. I never thought it would happen to me. Ability to walk, read, write, speak, comprehend was all gone. Now I cannot even understand or comprehend nothing. Mm. It was hard and fearful. But God. But God. But God. I was in ICU. God showed me I see you. Wow, mm. wow, wow. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Fear not. Through the storm of life, he's there. Don't give up. Rise up. Fight back. Part two. To the angel of the Lord who kept around me, around me to South Metro Ministries, Pastor Allen and his wife, Valerie, with life, strange twists and turns, storms, when things seem worst, no hope, God sent his own angels in time. I won't forget the love, the care, the angels taught me, not give up, don't quit, 
They taught me hope, work hard, step out of fear, achieve my goals. Hallelujah. Good. I can. I can do all things yes. through Christ. Yes. Me. Yes. I won't forget. There's hope to have faith in Jesus. Hear them, God. God's a healer. He's a healer. He's a healer. Now stand to your feet all over this place. Come up, praise team. Start singing, Pastor Chad. Everybody, give the Lord some praise. Give a, stand right here. Don't, don't leave. So I want folks to get blessed. So stay there. Come on, everybody, give the Lord some praise. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and sing how great he is all over the church. Prayer team, I want you to come. Prayer team, elders, staff, members, and those who are otherwise qualified to be prayers. Former elders, present elders, all the staff. Come on. Come on. Sing it, everybody. Raise your hands. Come on. He's our God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.